Okay, welcome to Vinyl, everybody. We are so excited to have you back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already laughing. This is called, we have no control over what we're doing ever. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Literally, I'm so excited for this episode. One, because of our amazing guest, who I will introduce in like two seconds. But two, because we're finally talking about Demi Lovato's album. Literally, I've had this album on repeat ever since it was released. So today we have a very special guest with us, Gabe Waldron. Give it up for Gabe. Slow clap. I would slow clap, but I'm kind of holding this microphone. So happy that Gabe can be here. Gabe, welcome. No, thank you for having me. I've been super nervous, but um, more excited <laughs> to talk about music and just, I, I don't know, music's something that I love. So even though I don't know much about it, like I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. So thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Anytime. Literally, I was like, the reason that I wanted to ask Gabe about this is because like a little while ago, I posted on Twitter and I was like, OMG, I love Demi Lovato's album so much. And Gabe commented and he's like, what's your favorite song? And I was like, oh my gosh, literally, how can I even pick? And then both of us just like listed all this stuff off. And I was like, I have, we have to have him on the podcast. So, oh my gosh, we're so excited. So excited you're here. I think Shayla and I have talked about this album in the car every time we've been together since it came out about a month ago, which... <laughs> It's like every couple days. So <laughs> it's just every other day. Basically, yeah. Demi Lovato is just the topic of conversation all the time. Um, anyways, backstory though, Gabe and I know each other. Just we're both from Star Valley, Wyoming, family friends. We've just kind of grown up around each other and in the same small little town in Wyoming. And that's that. The Pattersons love the Waldrons. So so glad that you're here. Vice versa. I love <laughs> I love Shayla and her family. They're just some of the greatest people. So if she asks you to do something, just test everyone. <laughs> exactly. Take advice from Gabe. It will be perfect. Okay, cool. Well, let's just go ahead and I was going to say dive right in. I need to like go away from saying that because I say that way too often. Let's jump right in. Let's, what's another way I could say that? Boogie on in. Let's slide on. I don't know. Let's go. LFG. Let's, LFG. Let's freaking go. Demi Lovato's new album, Dancing with the Devil, The Art of Starting Over. This album, I think, is just huge for her in general because she finally has been able to kind of tell her story, just kind of about her experiences in her life, which this whole album is so touching to me. But the first song on this album is Anyone. And Demi Lovato had this period of like 18 months where she didn't really release any music. And Anyone was the song that she that released first after that 18, 18 month period that she didn't really have anything. And she actually wrote and recorded the song just a few days before her drug overdose. She's, she has documentary about this on YouTube, which I still have to watch. I really need to have been wanting to ever since this, ever since it's come out. But um, something that I love about Demi as an artist is just like her voice and her belt, like, Oh my gosh. Wow. Like she just does it with such ease, but so much power. Um, not only in this song, anyone, but just the entire album in and of itself. And Demi actually said in this interview with Zane Lowe, she said, I recorded this song, anyone, and didn't spend a lot of time perfecting it just because it isn't one of those songs that I feel like if you were to hear anything like doubles or if it was overproduced or anything like that, she would take away from the emotion of the song. And she wanted to just keep it very raw. And I think she did. The recording just is flawless and so cool. 
Yeah, I, I love how you use the word raw because that's like that's what I think of when I think of this song. I just think of like I think of that and I think of I don't know. It seems like almost like oh like hauntingly desperate. Like I just feel like it's such like a but but like reverent at the same time. Like I feel like it's something so personal, but she's also just like, oh my gosh, like please help me. Like I don't know how else to get this message to you other than this song. But I, but I, I agree with you, Shayla. I think it's just so, I love that she's just like, we're just gonna do like one take and this is it. Because I don't think, for a song like that especially, I don't think you really need to do any touch-ups. Yeah. The song itself is just her and a piano. There's no other instruments in it. Just because of that, it has that raw feeling. There's no need to oversaturate it with anything else. And her voice becomes so powerful that it just takes over. Like you talked about her belt, which I don't know if we've talked about this a ton, but that's like one of the vocal styles, uh, meaning she has this like heaviness and strength in her chest voice, as opposed to most people are singing with a mix between the ch chest and head these days, which like allows yeah. them to go higher. But that's the thing with this song, like it's not that high, but there's power behind it. And she makes sure that's there throughout the entire song. Yeah, she does. And I think kind of like to both of like your points and Gabe kind of like what you were saying, like it's just there and you can tell that she's in this song and it's her heart. And it's so crazy to me that she recorded this, you know, just a few days before this overdose that happened just to think of like, oh my gosh, like how did people not help this girl? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did they not see how much she was hurting? Um, which is kind of crazy because Demi actually said that as she was writing the song and recording this song, she felt like she was in a good place. And then days later, the overdose happened. So, I mean, Maybe she was fooling herself along with everybody else, but yeah, just so crazy. Yeah, it's a really very powerful song. It is one that I think people will continue to cover for a long time because it has that power female belt sound. Um, it's been on both The Voice and American Idol this yeah. year. And oh. also it has this kind of haunting sound in the chord progression. Like it uses this chord tone that's a flat seven, which isn't in a normal major key. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's really never a sense of final finality. Um, and so you always just feel like the song is moving somewhere and it, it's haunting in that way. I, I love how much this album is just her giving her experience. And I think that's also especially evident in the second song, Dancing with the Devil, which is just yes. powerful in its own way that's completely different. Yeah. So to kind of like piggyback off of your guys' like, like kind of storytelling, I love, um, whenever I listen to an album for the first time, I listen to it in order. Um, maybe everyone doesn't do that. But I love the story storytelling, sorry, with this album. And Dancing with the Devil, I just, I love the beginning of this song. Like that first, the first verse just gets me every time I listen to it. And I think for me, I just, I love the lyrics in this song because she talks about how she's kind of like been in this territory before and she's like like I know what I'm doing like I've done this before and she like she continues to try to like justify her actions and she's like I like I know I can be better at it this time but um but I also feel like it's just so real to us as humans like no matter like what struggles we have because I feel like we all kind of she uses the phrase twisted reality and I feel like we all twist reality sometimes to justify yeah. our actions or just <laughs> to make ourselves feel better in general. 
I don't know. I just, I love this song. I think it's so, so, so cool. I think, as you mentioned, this album is an important one to listen to straight through. And she mentioned that when it came out in her Instagram post, I think it was, she said, this is my story. Start at the beginning, listen to the whole album, hear it. And one thing I love about the album as a whole is it's just so vulnerable. It doesn't feel like she's trying to produce something that's just for the sake of like putting music out there. It's like she's telling her story. And I think that's part of why this album has been so meaningful to me, like listening to it, because it's it's just so real. It's her and her yeah. story and her life. I love that. She's very vulnerable, I feel like. And that's something in the documentary, too. I When I saw like advertisements and things for it and like the what, what's the thing called at the beginning like the previews kind of I don't really know anyways she would say like you know what just I'm gonna say it all and then we'll use what we want like she was so raw as well and vulnerable in the documentary and I think that's just the exact same as her music and I think she just wants people to see like look like this is life and it's super hard sometimes and this is what happened to me and this is what I went through this is how I tried to cope with things and I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot and I literally almost died. Like I should not be living today, but here I am. And so I'm going to tell my story because of that. Like, I think, I feel like this album's almost her way of giving back and telling people like, Hey, you know, like you can do it. <laughs> and I think with the song dancing with the devil, you have to watch the music video. Like, Oh my gosh. It gives yes. the song a whole nother layer of meaning. It's a great song anyway, but the video is a work of art honestly I think that video will be one of the best and will live on for a long time just because it's her like living out her experience with an overdose and there's even like yeah. a warning at the beginning of the video like hey this contains sensitive material don't watch it if you have problems with these things because it could be triggering yeah for sure and Demi mentioned that that you know she really wanted to do that video but it was also very hard to do which I totally imagine that it would be um like we've kind of talked about dancing with the devil dives into her struggle with addiction and kind of touches on her near fatal overdose. You know, this song is also the track title of the album. I love that in the beginning, this part to me is just so cool. I love that in the beginning and kind of throughout the rest of the song, the melody line of the lyrics dancing with the devil. So anytime she says that in the chorus, like you hear that before she even says it in the music when she's talking about all of her experiences. And so it's almost like, even though she is like Gabe was saying, justifying her actions, in the back of her mind, she's always known that she was like dancing with the devil because you keep hearing that melody line in the background as she's justifying all of these things and all these actions. I just get chills every time I hear the song. I also think the bridge of the song is incredible because in the bridge, it's kind of like she's admitting to herself that she has been dancing with the devil. And she finally says, you know, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry for dancing with the devil. And then throughout the rest of the song, we don't hear that underlying dancing with the devil melody anymore. Like it just goes away and it's not there. And so I think that's cool because in the back of her mind, I feel like she always kind of knew, even though she was in denial. And then once she finally faces that and she's like, I've been dancing with the devil, it's gone and you don't hear it anymore. So I think that's really cool. And I think it's intentional. You know, I love that. Um, When you guys pointed that out, like I went back and listened to it again, just because I was like, oh my gosh, like I never noticed that. And so I really like tried to pay attention to listen and <laughs> um, listen to it and understand that. And yeah, I think it just blows me away. I think this album and like this song in particular, like she's just, she's so smart. Like her, her intentions and her ideas with all these songs, like everything is just spot on. It reminds me a lot of like, if, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, like there's, she does these things deliberately in her music. And I feel like Demi with this album, like, oh, I think she just nailed it on the head, like genius work, genius totally. work. 
I totally agree with that. The one other thing musically I noticed in this one is you have the accompaniment is this loop pretty much the entire time. And it's Mm -hmm. a minor triad with the bass just like walking down by step, which in music, anytime there's downward motion, it's kind of this like descent and showing something minor, which I think is showing her like getting closer to the devil. And that's right there in the music as well. So like just every little detail is so well written and thought out. Yeah, 100%. I also think it's the same going to the next song of the album, I See You, Madison's Lullaby. This song, I literally, you know, as the oldest sibling and with a little sister myself, like this song just makes me so emotional. Like I I seriously tear up almost every single time I listen to it. Um, during her documentary, she talks about, you know, the emotional moment when she woke up from this overdose legally blind and she couldn't recognize her sister, Madison. And when Madison walked up to her bedside, Demi actually said, who's standing there? Like, who are you? Um, and she said it was just so emotional for everybody there. And I think this song is such a beautiful tribute to her sister and just a very sincere promise from Demi that she'll always be there for her sister. And, you know, she's learned from her mistakes. And I, I just love the song because it just gives me the listener, like the opportunity to really kind of reevaluate my own life and just kind of think like, okay, am I living the way that I want to, that I can be there for my siblings, for my family, for the people that I love, like my chosen family. And like, am I being somebody that they can ask for help and look up to? When you, when you mentioned, cause like when I first listened to this, I was like, I, I was kind of hoping you would bring up like the fact that you're the oldest and that you have a little sister. Like, I'm also the oldest in my family. I have one little sister. And especially like if you watch the her series on on Netflix, like uh, this song just really gets me because there's a part in the documentary where she where her mom and her older sister Dallas are talking to the cameraman and they're like, yeah, like at one point, like they had to come to Demi and say, like, hey, listen, like we know you love Madison, but like unless you get yourself in a more healthy and livable space like we're gonna have to limit contact because obviously Madison is like still younger like she doesn't need that and so I think that combined with like the the double meaning of ICU along with shit like it it makes me a little emotional listening to this because I, I don't think anyone wants to be I don't think anyone wants to be told like hey like this is an ultimatum. Like I have to, I have to fix, I have to fix some things and get my act together or else the the people that I want to be there for, and not only there, but like at the end of the song, um, she, she, she kind of talks about the responsibility and like owning up to that, being there for Madison. But then she also talks about being there for herself too, which I think Mm -hmm. is cool. Um, because you, you can't be a help to someone else unless you're a help for yourself. Hopefully that made sense. (laughs) It made perfect sense. And I agree. That was awesome. I, for one, am not an oldest sibling and do not have a sister. So I don't really (laughs) do the song in that way. you can't comment on this song anymore. We're just going to kick you out of this song. (laughs) No, just kidding. A little bit more on the double meaning of ICU. For those of you who haven't like seen it, the title of the song is the letters ICU as in intensive care unit. But she uses that in the lyrics to mean like I see you as in like I can see you I'm not blind anymore and it's this play on the lyrics in Amazing Grace was blind but now I see and Mm -hmm. so she like I just think it's really fascinating how she's taken that some like two aspects of her experience in the ICU not being able to see combined it into this meaning of just such a gorgeous song 
one of the other things about this song is it's really just storytelling like there's nothing that really feels like a chorus she just is kind of talking and just like repeats the same musical thing twice and then that's it and so it just it becomes more vulnerable because of that she's just telling her story and that's it then it's over yeah it's so beautiful the way this album is set up you have these three songs anyone dancing with the devil and icu and then there's an intro into the rest of the album and so it's this kind of transition into her setting up her story and then the art of starting over part of it and so in this intro she talks and she takes the lyrics from these first three songs and combines them together to say like I've been dancing with the devil now I can see and now it's time to start over then we move into the rest of the album which is just as good as what's come before it already so I love the way she set it up like that same z's so at this point the next song we hear is the art of starting over which is the second half of the title of the album good one I love this song it just feels very freeing and just exciting and I love the melodies and the instrumentation here I feel like it just sounds like it should be from the 70s or something and you're driving through the desert like on your way out to California and then like you just leave Vegas and you're like on your way to LA and the music's just playing and it's just that's the kind of vibe that I get from this song I also really like that she talks about how the art of starting over like it's an art and I feel like it's just very relatable because we all start over in so many ways in our lives, like at so many different times. And it really is an art because, you know, we have to figure out how we adjust and how we do things and learn about ourselves and, you know, discover that art for ourselves. So I think it's really relatable in that, in that sense. Also, it's just groovy. I just love it. It's just so groovy to me. Every time I play it, I'm like, all right, like <laughs> start snapping. <laughs> music is set up in a way that it makes you groove to it because the verse is like kind of just one note over and over which is mm-hmm. like fine but it's not that memorable then you have this chorus <laughs> it's like fine yeah it's like whatever you know <laughs> but then you have the chorus that's like thrown out and that is what becomes catchy and you want to hear that and so she's like set up in the music okay now we're in this like more groove we're starting over things are getting better yeah no it's so good i love it's like a refreshing difference between like the first three songs because yeah those ones they're they're kind of heavy you know and they sound so different and this one is just like um like you guys were saying like light happy groovy and I love how Shayla used the word art because at the beginning of the song she she asked someone for a pen because she wants to rewrite the ending of her story and I think that's so cool like whether it be a pen or an art brush like whatever it is like it doesn't matter what time, like you can pick that up at any time and, and change something or rewrite your ending or, or change the background of, of your story. And I think that's so cool. Oh, I love that. And you guys bring up lyrics and it just gets me. I've learned in the past <laughs> month that I, I just don't listen to lyrics. I'm such a music person. <laughs> I, I love just that. listen to the music and have no idea what they're saying. So I'm glad that you guys pay attention <laughs> to those things because I learned so much from hearing you talk about Oh my lyrics. gosh. <laughs> It's okay. We love you. We love you for being so analytical musically. It's fantastic <laughs> that's, as well. That's what I have to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay because I literally never listened to any of that. I'm like, oh, nice. And that's why this works. Something rhymed. <laughs> what rhymed? <laughs> that's basically how I feel. <laughs> oh good. my god. One thing musically, okay, this is, I think this happens in this song and kind of overall in her songwriting style throughout this album is there aren't really bridges, which is mm-hmm. interesting to me. I'm a big bridge fan. Big fan <laughs> of bridges. And the mm-hmm. she writes her songs. You have like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then people generally have this bridge, this contrasting section, then they come back to something familiar later. But she doesn't really do that. She kind of just writes what becomes like an outro and then kind of like 
weaves in bits of the lyrics from earlier in the song on top of that and that's how she ends the songs and so her songs end up being a little bit shorter because of that because she just doesn't use that bridge section very often there are a couple songs she does but I just thought that was something interesting about her overall style and I've noticed too her pre-choruses aren't very long either they're very like they're pretty concise I mean pre-choruses are kind of optional so some people just don't use them yeah what a life cool let's go on to lonely people I also like this song and I feel like there are some parts of the second part of this album that that kind of do go back to like a little bit of a heavier feel but for the most part I would say that it's very light and very fun and just kind of you know her coming out of this really dark time of her life and and learning and discovering herself um and I think lonely people is one of those other ones it's just very light and so fun and I really like this song because of the line you better love yourself before you go it's right at the very end I think it's how she actually wraps up the song but I think you know, it's just so relatable because loneliness is something that all people feel, you know, even if you're married, if you're in a relationship, if you're hanging out with friends or just, you know, in a group of people in general, and we all know what it feels like to be lonely and being lonely can be very hard. So I appreciate that she took this lighter approach to the feeling that can be heavy of loneliness. And my favorite thing about this song is the rhythms and the, at the end of the chorus. So uh, Logan and I talked about this a little bit ago, but in the chorus, after she does the da, 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 that part, there's that weird syncopation and we don't really expect it to be where it is, but she throws it in there. And then she divides the two syllables of people onto the two quarter notes. And with that weird syncopation on the beats that we don't think it should be, and then the two quarter notes, it makes it seem like those notes are actually longer than they should be, but they're actually perfectly on the beat. And the first time I was like hearing that in the song, I was like, what is happening? Like, but it's, it sounds so cool. And I love that part of it. And Shayla says we talked about that a minute ago. What she means is not on this podcast, but she called me this afternoon. Oh, yes. Like, hey, so Logan, sorry. <laughs> what's the... <laughs> a minute ago, a day time-wise. <laughs> she was like, what's the rhythm on this song? And she like, sing. Anyway, That's exactly yeah. what happened. It's not even an exaggeration. Because I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, I cannot figure out what is happening right here. Like, <laughs> I know that the quarter notes are doing what they're doing, but what is going on at the first? <laughs> but yeah, good times. This song also uses the um, flat seven chord that's in anyone that gives it a little bit of a rock sound. So that's cool. That is so cool. I love listening to your guys's podcast because you guys mention like chords and all that stuff. And I don't, I don't know anything about that kind of stuff, but I think that's cool. Cause um, unlike Logan, I just listen to the lyrics. I'll be honest. Like I just, <laughs> I, am, I have always been a lyric guy. But I love listening to stuff like that. And it's stuff that I would never pick up on. So I'm glad that you guys always touch on like on stuff like that, because it's stuff that just goes like way over my head. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, though, Gabe, your points have been so fantastic with the lyrics, like literally so eye opening. So thank you for sharing your thoughts, too, because honestly, that's the thing. Like music is so you know, subjective and so personal to everybody. And so that's why, like, we love having you on and we love having everybody on like that we can because it means something different to everybody, even if the message is kind of similar or the same. And that's the thing. We have three of us here. We can all hear the same song and take something completely different from it, which is the beauty of music. Totally. Agreed. I think I think the, the thing that I like most about Lonely People is, and she mentions it in the song a couple times, like how she's not looking, she's not looking for pity. Like she takes this song and uses it as an opportunity to kind of make fun of herself, like in the fact that she's messed up so many times and had failed relationships. And like, instead of being like, oh, like feel bad for me, she's just like, you know what? Like she uses the the line, 
they're all laughing, keep on laughing, so am I. Like, I love that. She's just like, yeah, like, it's happened. It's in the past. I can't change it. So instead of, like, let it drag me down, I'm just going to, like, laugh it, laugh at it, and, like, brush it off my shoulders. And I think that's so cool. Such an optimistic, like, view on life, I think, you know? True, especially after everything she's been through. Yeah. Um, Okay, next song in this album is The Way You Don't Look At Me. Now, my thing to say about this song is we talked earlier about how she has this powerful belt sound it's like her thing but this one she doesn't use that she uses this really light breathy sound to show the pain that she's feeling in this song like I love the lyrics I've been to hell and back but this isn't that and it's just a different side of her experience and so she uses a different vocal sound to tell that story I love those lines too like I think it's so interesting. And I don't know if she's saying I've been to Helen back and nothing hurts, you know, like, which it's not that, but this still hurts so much. Like you not looking at me, or if she's saying I've been to Helen back and you not looking at me hurts worse than going to Helen back. I'm not sure what she's saying, but I mean, Demi actually has talked about that this song, um, you know, kind of being about an eating disorders, you know, as well. And she just talks about how much it sucks when you walk by a person that you love and they don't let their eyes linger on you anymore and, and all these things. And she also just talks about not how not feeling valued or seen can result in body image issues. And so I think that's, um, that's a big kind of theme for this song. And then the song that's next in the album, but I think it's heartbreakingly beautiful. Oh, I love this song. And I'm glad you mentioned, cause I thought it was about an eating disorder but I wasn't sure. Um, but I, I love this song too. I think I, I kind of like that she doesn't have any of these big, like powerful belting moments. Cause I think, I think the lyrics in this song kind of like, they, they wouldn't need that. If that makes sense, they can stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it. And I think like in a world where a lot of people live on and through their phones, like with social media and like when people see billboards and magazines, like this song definitely, it it touches on all that. And I think, I think it'd be so hard to, to be going through what she went through and then seeing all the stuff and not feeling, not feeling confident. Like when she looks at herself, whether it's in the mirror or through someone else's eyes, like, Oh, it just, it's so sad to me, but I love it. It's, it's beautiful. Um, And just going along with that same theme of what we were talking about here and how Demi addresses she talks about herself. She's like, you know, having these issues with food and, and seeing myself in, in kind of demeaning ways. Melon Cake is the next song on the album. And she really kind of talks about it in this song as well. First off, I just want to say, this is literally like my favorite song. I love this song so much. It's maybe not like my fave fave, but it's definitely like top three, like of my life. Not just this album. It's so good. She basically just says like, no more melon cake on birthdays, no more barricades and doorways. I finally get to do things my way, which I feel like this song is just such a take back my power song. And I'm so here for it. I love it so much. This song is basically just about how controlling her past management was. And when she would have a birthday, they wouldn't even let her eat real birthday cake. They would only give her watermelon in the shape of a cake with fat-free cool up on it. And Demi says that the song is just her celebrating overcoming her food issues. And then actually like when she got new management, being able to eat a real birthday cake. So I think it's so awesome. I love this song. And it's like, I don't know. I, I love watching her do interviews and talking with people about it. Like whether it's in her documentary series or whether it's on like the Ellen show or something. And she used this phrase when she was on Ellen and she almost, she, um, she's like, it's very, like the song is very therapeutic for her. She um, used the phrase watermelon therapy and I loved it. Like she went out and like smashed this watermelon and just like (laughs) Shayla said, like, I think it's her 
taking the power back and being like, yeah, like I have a new team. I have people behind me that care about my health more than how I look. And and I think that's so that that's got to be so freeing for her. Um, Not only as, as an artist to have a team that is there for the right reasons for her, but for, for herself personally, I just, I think that's so cool. Good for her. I just love this song. And it's really catchy and memorable. So I think it will be one that will last from this album. I mean, a lot of it should, but I think this one specifically will. The next song in the album is actually the biggest right now. It's Met Him Last Night, which is with Ariana Grande. And I, one thing I love about this song is just, it just combines both of their styles really well because you have this pre-chorus, um, the lines, I don't believe in you, that's like the dreamy Ariana Grande type sound. And then you still have all the Demi Lovato like heaviness that fits in with this album and the Dancing with the Devil theme comes back here as well. Like that's who they're talking about who they met last night. Yeah. I, th- this song, when I, when I first heard it, like I think this song took me by surprise the most and just in that I, it was so intriguing to me. Like I loved, I loved her lyrics in it. Like she uses all these words like disguise and deceit and like, all these like kind of like dark and intimidating words but Logan like you said like combined with Ariana's like beautiful light vocal parts it's so cool to see that contrast because the song is very dark but then when they when Ariana sings and when they sing together their voices are just so light and harmonious and I love I love the imagery like it it makes you like almost see like light and darkness I think it so does. Oh my gosh, yes, it really does. And I think this song is so iconic because just of the feminine energy and just these two powerhouse women that are just so awesome singing this song. Ariana Grande actually was writing this song and as she was writing it, she thought of Demi. And so when she gave it to Demi, Demi was like, well, we should just sing this together. And so they did. And so I love the typical you know, Ariana Grande vocals, which is just like vocals on vocals on vocals on vocals that we hear throughout this song to kind of give it this like unearthly, like extraterrestrial feel, which I think is a very interesting thing because typically when Ariana Grande does that, it seems almost heavenly, like angelic, but in this song, they're talking about the devil. So I think there's a cool contrast there. Um, And yeah, this song is currently her most popular on Spotify. So it's awesome. It's a good one. It is good. Okay, I'll be honest though, the next song though is one of my favorites, which is so funny because it it's just kind of there, but th- that's really all I have to say about it. What other people say, that song, it's just a bop and I can listen to it all day just because it's catchy. So That's great. I think this one's beautifully done. She performed this one live on Ellen and sounded just as good live as she does on the recording. So I always love when that happens. Um, basically in this song, they, her and Sam Fisher, they kind of just talk about things that, you know, they wish they could, you know, do to help their younger selves or things they would tell their younger selves or ways that they wanted to be. And now they're different than who they kind of wanted to be because they cared more about what other people say. And they kind of talk about, you know, societal pressures on themselves as, you know, these famous people and, and all this stuff. But my favorite part of the song is at the very end when Demi does this huge belt on the Adam LA melody and it just blows me away every single time. Like, oh my gosh, it's the coolest moment. I just love it. Well, so she does this thing and I think it's in this song as well where she um, like record herself and then record another layer for like belting, riffing on top of that. Yeah. And it's in a couple of these songs and I love when she does that because it's like, yeah, double power. You do that. Demi. <laughs> double power. Yeah, Ooh. I totally get it. I think that's an important concept. And and I liked how Shayla touched about like, it's almost like, you know, like a letter to their younger selves in that 
it, it's interesting, like as as people grow up and change and adapt, like how their dreams and kind of like what what they envisioned for them and their lives, how how it can change, you know, especially for Demi, like with her old management and stuff, like being being so. I hope this doesn't sound bad, but almost like a like a performing monkey. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, and I just think that's so cool for her, like where she's just like you know what, like, I, I don't really care what other people say anymore, because at the end of the day, like, I'm the one that has to live with me and live with the choices that I make. And I think, I think this song is just a good, a good reminder to, to a lot of people who, who probably are struggling with same things like that, you know, like, just be there for yourself and do what makes you happy, you know? Yeah, totally. That was good. On that note, Gabe, you should bring us into the next song, because I think what you said kind of ties into it. Oh, Carefully is probably one of my favorites from this album, honestly, because um, I, I think there's something so beautiful about being honest and vulnerable with people. If, if you listen to the lyrics of this, like, to me, it almost sounds like she's sitting, like, at a table with someone, and she's just saying, like, hey, like, this is me. I have problems with self-image and I have these issues and all this stuff and she's kind of saying like I don't know how to change it but if you think that you can take it on and handle me and love me like I promise you that I'm gonna make it worth it and I'm gonna try to be that best version of myself and I think I think that's so beautiful like just just to be that honest with someone I agree 100% I think my favorite line of the song is in the pre-chorus where um, she says, cause I'm strong in a way that I know how to show you my fragile. And to your point gave of like the vulnerability, I love that she's saying, and that she's just able to communicate that to people. She's like, look, I am strong enough to tell you how I'm fragile. I think that is so beautiful. And I just love it. Well, so that is reflected <laughs> in the music. You have that little flat seven chord we've been talking about comes back here, which again shows there's no sense of finality and really not as much of a feeling of change as you would expect. And so I think that is reflected in the lines. If you think you can handle me, please handle me carefully. Saying like, she is good. She's comfortable. She doesn't want to have to change. So don't make her do that. And I just think like those subtle things in the music portray that so well in this. Yeah, for sure. So the next song on the album is The Kind of Lover I Am. And this is just another one of those really fun light ones, which I just love. Um, The speaking part that she does at the end literally killed me the first time that I listened to it. I was laughing so hard because I was just not expecting that at the end of the song, just everything that she was saying and just like going off. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that was amazing. But I was also just laughing so hard because I liked it. I do this awkward thing where if I like something, I will just laugh at it, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that's what was happening. Anyways, the song is just so fun. And I love that she's basically just like talking to her future partner and just is like, this is the kind of lover that I am. So if this happens, then I'll do this. And if this happens, then I'll do this. And if I do this, that's why. Like, it's just, it's almost like this romantic lover resume. Oh, I like that. I liked how you used the word resume because I I like this song. This one kind of caught me off guard for the same reason that you um, addressed, like the ending. Like, I was so unprepared for that. Uh-huh. But um, I just, and I like how she is just like, because um, she's talked about this before in, um, and she talks about in her documentary series how she's always considered herself to be someone who falls into relationships like so fast, like almost like she gets sucked into their world and she just she loves fast and she loves hard. Um, and and as she says, like, that's the kind of lover that she is. And so um, I don't know. I just I, I think that um, 
that's that's so cool of her to to say and address because I wasn't expecting like that kind of song to be on this record if I'm being honest yeah and I love how she's just so open too about you know how she's bisexual and and how you know it doesn't matter she she's she falls in love with you know whoever she falls in love with like you said Gabe just quickly and, and she's all in quickly which can be very scary but I think it's cool that she addresses it so yeah the thing I love musically about this one is it's just like it's always just two chords alternating back and forth. Um, it switches the two chords, but it kind of sets up that like this or that kind of thing that she is talking about the whole song. That's a good point, Logan. Dang. Here's what I have to say about the song Easy. I Number one, I'm a big fan of Noah Cyrus, some great music. But this <laughs> song has one of the best vocal moments in the whole album. There's the bridge in this one. And in the bridge, there's this like octave leap that they both sing that's just like heavenly. So if you listen to nothing else in this album, go listen to that like 10 seconds because it's worth it. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Logan. And this this is a song that I didn't think I would like because I am I wasn't a huge fan of Noah Cyrus until I heard this song. And then when I heard her sing on this, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I have been sleeping on this girl. Like, I don't I don't know what <laughs> wrong I've done. But um, but I, I love it. And I love I love the lyrics in this one because it. It reminds me a lot of like the other lyricists and songwriters that I love and how they write about breakups and how like you want to seem like you're doing okay, but on the inside, like, like you're just crumbling, but like you're trying to look so strong. You're trying to make it look like it's easy, but like on the inside, like you're still like desperately in love with them and you, you don't know if what you're doing is right. Like, should I walk away? Do I turn back? Um, Oh, I just think, I think her and Noah like nailed it on the head with this song. It it was so good. So good. It is so good. I think their voices go really well together as well. So the next song on this album is 15 Minutes. And this song, just to keep it short, um, is basically just a song about Demi's ex-fiance, who they called it, she called it quits with in September. And on the track, Demi just kind of describes how she believed him to kind of be fake and only seeking 15 minutes of fame. So that's kind of what 15 minutes is about in a nutshell. My, my girlfriends are my boyfriend. I think I think if you're a single person, like this is almost like an anthem for you because the first time I listened to it, I was like, yes. Like, and it just, it reminded me of a lot of things like that, that I've been feeling recently. Like it, it doesn't matter if you have like that one special someone or if you have a, those like, three or four special someone's around you who are just friends. Like, you know, like as long as you have those good people in your corner, like supporting you, lifting you up, like what else do you need? You know what I mean? Like, I just love how she's just like, like I have this this bomb girl squad and I'm doing fine. Good for you. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Preach. I love that too. This song is so good. She's literally basically just saying, she's like, you know what? My friends are my boyfriend and it's better anyways, because we're never going to break up like me and my friends. Um, she basically is like, you're saying Gabe, she's just like, they're there for me. I'm there for them. And I love um, <laughs> Sweetie's rap section of the song is so fire. I just love it. It's so good. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so the next song on the album is California Sober. And this song basically is just saying moderation in all things. Um, for those of you that don't know, people kind of talk about California Sober as in like, yeah, I don't drink or I don't, you know, do drugs hardcore anymore, but I do it in moderation. That's kind of what California Sober is. So that's kind of, that's basically just what the song is about. Um, Demi talking about herself, you know, she said that California Sober really describes her journey. 
Um, and she kind of still just does what she wants, just all in moderation. And I think this song is also just very freeing. Everybody's journey is just so different. And Demi said, this, this kind of a journey isn't a one size fits all situation. And so this is her telling her story of how she's, you know, working through the overdose and overcoming, you know, her addictions and things like that. And, you know, moderation and all things. And that's basically just what the song's about. You know, I like that. I had to look up like what California sober, like, like the urban dictionary meaning of it. Cause I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, yeah, right. What is that? Um, but then when I read it, I was like, Oh, like this makes more sense. But I, I've loved this song ever since I first listened to it. I just love that she kind of takes ownership and she's like, you know, like what I'm doing to help myself may not work for everyone, but like, if this is what's helping me right now, like that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and I, and I love that because it's just, it's just this woman saying like, listen, like I'm going to be easier on myself, not like self critique so much. Like these are things that I got to do to get better. I think it's a young woman's journey of finding herself and continuing to grow and try to be that best version of herself. That's awesome. The next song is Mad World, which is such a good song anyway. This is the, the cover, but it's just like mesmerizing is really all I have to say. She just takes the song that's already haunting and just puts her soul into it. And I think it fits in the context of this story that she's been telling very well. It really does. And she does a really good job of making it her own. This song has been covered a lot by a lot of different people. And I think she really relates to a lot of what the lyrics are saying anyways. And so I think it was a really good choice to put into the album, honestly. Yeah, no, I agree. I just, I I love her rendition of it. It makes, it almost feels like it, I envision myself like watching like a music video or something like that and then being like sucked in. Cause I think, and I think that's kind of your goal as an artist is to make the people who are listening to it feel the way you feel when you sing it. Um, so I think she nailed it on the head with that. Cause when I listen to it, like I just feel kind of invisible and alone and it's just, it's so pretty, like so hauntingly pretty. She did so good. So the next song on the album is Butterfly and Demi, she, this song is about Demi's late father who passed away in June of 2013. And then less than a week after she found out, uh, she actually went on Good Morning America to discuss his death and announced the Lovato Treatment Scholarship Program in honor of him, which I think is super cool. I think this song is just beautiful. You know, I think it's a really nice tribute to to her father. I love that. I didn't know that that's what that song was about. You're good. I'm glad you brought that up because that that makes me think about a lot more things because this is probably the one that I listen to the most. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite from the album, but I listen to it a lot just because I like the image of the of the butterfly, like in that, I mean, a butterfly, I mean, it comes from like, there's the caterpillar and then there's like the whole process of like transforming into this beautiful butterfly. And then when you combine that with like what you know about her and her talking so openly about her dad, that, that gives it a whole new meaning to me now. And I think that's beautiful. Like, I don't really know what else to say. I just, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to start the next one, Gabe? Good place. I have a couple things to say about that, but you should definitely go first. Okay, sure. Um, I, when I first listened to this song, I thought this was like the perfect way to end the album. I mean, and then of course she came out with the deluxe and um, we'll go into the song that's after on the deluxe version. But I think that this song, it, it kind of just like reassured me because this album is so um, like we talked about at the beginning is so heavy and then she gets very open and kind of makes fun of herself a little bit throughout the album. But this is kind of just like, Hey, like, despite me being so open and like going through all these hard things, like 
don't worry about me. Like I'm in a good place. I'm on this road to recovery. Like it's still an ongoing journey. So like, don't, don't, don't think too hard about all the, like the bad stuff that I've gone through, you know? And she kind of, I think it's a good way for her to reassure not only herself, but like her fans who, who love her so much that, you know, everything's going to be okay. I think it goes to show like she is starting over and it's still messy and she's not anywhere near where she like could be, but like she's starting over and she's at peace. And that's the whole point of this entire album. Amen. I literally don't have anything else to say because that was beautiful, both of you. So good work. Um, The last song that she put on the deluxe album is called Sunset. And this one is just, it's just a fun one. I think that um, Good Place is such a great wrap up the way that she, you know, did the original album. And then Sunset is just this really fun, cute kind of love song. I really love the metaphors in the pre-chorus, basically just about these lovers, how they don't want the sun to set on their love. And the gospel music feel just makes it so easy to listen to and it's just really likable and so I think that you know her throwing that on the end of it is just kind of you know another tribute to her being like look anything can happen it's not like you can find love you can find the things that you want in life whether that's you know friendships or some like a romantic partner or whatever else that is so I think it's just a fun little blip there at the end to throw on yeah no I like that I like how you use the word gospel because like when I first heard the song like I envisioned her like singing this like in a little white church, like, like you yeah. see, like in the Netflix movies or whatever. Um, and there's a couple songs on this album that kind of, that kind of almost feel like a hymn or like a gospel song to me. And I like that this one kind of to the contrast, like towards anyone. Cause I think the same about that, how she opens the album, like this is like the complete, like stark difference. It's like gospel, but it's like happy and, and just like fun and colorful. And I love that for her. Yes. So true. Love that for her as well. What an album. It's it's a freaking masterpiece. That's all I have to say. And it's so artfully and personally put together. Like, again, it doesn't feel like she's just like, I put out some music. It's her like, here's my story. I want you to know it. And I think it's so much more meaningful to the listener because of that. This album will be on my repeats for a long time. (laughs) Go listen to it, folks. But Gabe, thank you so much for joining us. Your comments literally were blowing me away. I was like, oh my gosh, he's so right. Literally everything you said, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Preach, oh that's how I felt. You are too nice. No, thank you for having me. I, I, like I said, I was really like nervous, but I'm excited. I just, I like talking about good music with good people. And, and like I said, like, I love that you guys know so much about like, like that more like intricate stuff, like with instruments and chords and stuff. Cause like I said, I don't understand that. But when you combine that with like the lyrics and stuff, like I just, I, that's why I listen to your guys' podcasts. Cause stuff like that just fascinates me. I love learning about music. So Gabe, you're so sweet. Thank you. We're so glad that you love to listen. Thank you so much. And we definitely need to have you back on because this has been so great. Yes. Come back, please. <laughs> Logan, we'll find something yes. else. <laughs> Go back. Yes. I would love to. Go listen to vinyl, everyone. Oh, Gabe. Yeah. yeah Making you shed it. tears over here. <laughs> so nice of you well thank you for listening everyone be sure to check us out on social media instagram and twitter at vinyl music pod send us a message if you want to be on and come talk with us or if you just want to tell us something that's cool too listen (laughs) um our email vinyl music podcast yeah vinyl music podcast at gmail.com well folks we can't wait for you to listen in with us we'll see you next week on on vinyl vinyl. i don't know what wrong (laughs) i've done